It was crazy. It was both predictable and unpredictable. It was thrilling and it was fun. It was the first ever 16-team round of an MLB postseason, and it is now in the books. This is Express Line 6, a recap of the American League Wild Card Series and the National League Wild Card Series of the 2020 MLB postseason. I'm Ryan Walker. Let's get started. And we start on the American League side with the number one overall seed in the American League side, the Tampa Bay Rays, hosting their divisional rival, the Toronto Blue Jays. This matchup was the only divisional matchup in the wild card round in the Major League Baseball postseason in 2020. In game one, Blake Snell took the mound for Tampa versus Matt Shoemaker. Neither starter allowed a run, although Toronto pulled Shoemaker after only 37 pitches for 2017 All-Star Robbie Ray. Ray allowed the first run of the game with a wild pitch in the fourth inning. Ray's replacement, A.J. Cole, gave up the two-run bomb to Manuel Margot in the seventh inning. That proved to be the difference in the game. Tampa's pitching, on the other hand, was stellar. Twelve strikeouts, nine of which came from Blake Snell, and Tampa Bay took game one, three to one. Game two was a totally different story. Tampa Bay put Toronto in a big 7-0 hole after two innings that featured a Mike Zunino home run and a Hunter Renfro grand slam. Tyler Glasnow made sure Toronto wouldn't come close to making up those seven runs, striking out eight over six innings. On the other side, Hyunjin Ryu allowed seven runs, only three of which were earned, and recorded only five outs. Bo Bichette made two errors, and Tampa Bay embarrassed Toronto, ending their season with an 8-2 win at the Trop. Tampa moves on to the ALDS in San Diego. Tampa gets the winner of the New York Yankees and the Cleveland Indians. Game 1 was a laugher for Cleveland. New York scored seven runs off of AL Cy Young candidate and Triple Crown winner Shane Bieber. Garrett Cole looked good, though, striking out 13 hitters in seven innings. The Yankees won 12-3. But sometimes the way that baseball works, once you have a laugher, the next game is a classic, and this is exactly how it happened in the Yankees-Indians wildcard series. Game 2, the Indians built an early 4-0 lead, but the Yankees mounted a 5-run comeback thanks to a Stanton solo home run and a Gio Urshela grand slam. The Yankees then built their own 2-run lead, but red-hot Jose Ramirez tied it at 6 with a 2-RBI double in the 5th inning. In the 6th inning, Gary Sanchez hit a high fly ball that somehow managed to carry out of the park to right field, putting the Yankees up 8-6. In the bottom of the seventh, Sandy Alomar Jr. made a big decision to pinch hit Jordan Lupno for Josh Naylor. 
Although the decision was highly criticized in the moment, it ended up paying off for the Indians as Jordan Luplo hit a game-tying 2-RBI double. And the Indians continued to ride the offensive momentum into a 9-8 lead into the ninth inning. After a walk and single to start the inning for New York, Glaber Torres hit a ground ball back to the pitcher Brad Hand. Hand stumbled while fielding the ball on the mound, and a sacrifice fly and RBI single followed, then giving New York a 10-9 lead and Brad Hand a blown save. Only one runner reached in the bottom of the ninth inning for Cleveland, and New York held on to win the game 10-9 and sweep the series at Progressive Field. The Yankees now go to Petco Park to play their divisional rival, the Tampa Bay Rays, in the ALDS Best of Five series, starting on Monday. The Astros Twin Series in Minneapolis proved to be one of the lousier matchups of the Wild Card Series. Minnesota only mustered two runs, both off the bat of Nelson Cruz, one run in Game 1 and one run in Game 2. In Game 1, the Twins took the 1-0 lead, but the Astros scored four unanswered to win the game 4-1. Their go-ahead run was scored on a bases-loaded walk. The Astros won in similar fashion in Game 2 by a final score of 3-1. The only home run in the series from either team came from Carlos Correa in Game 2. The Astros now very ironically head to Dodger Stadium to play the winner of the Athletics and the White Sox in the ALDS. The Athletics and the White Sox proved to be the most competitive series in Major League Baseball for the wild card round in 2020. Game one of the series was the Lucas Giolito Show. Seven innings pitched, eight strikeouts. He held a perfect game through six complete innings until Tommy LaStella broke it up with a single to lead off the bottom of the seventh inning. While the Athletics did get one run off Giolito that came in the 8th inning, they were not able to overcome three home runs by the White Sox, and the White Sox took Game 1 4-1. to one. It was a different story for the Oakland offense in the second game of the series, however, as home runs by Marcus Simeon and Chris Davis put Oakland up 5 to nothing early in the game after four innings. However, the Oakland offense went stale after four innings and failed to score or mount any offensive pressure on Chicago pitching whatsoever. It was the reverse for the White Sox, however. After a slow start, the White Sox offense continued to put relentless pressure on Athletics pitching. Chris Bassett managed to pitch seven innings and only allow one run, but an extended outing for A's closer Liam Hendricks led to a close game right at the end. In the last two innings of the game, a controversial strike three call on Nomar Mazzara, followed by a one-out save from Jake Diekman, gave Oakland the 5-3 win and forced a game three do-or-die winner-take-all between the A's and the White Sox. In Game 3, the White Sox managed like there was no tomorrow, burning through nine pitchers over the course of the game and allowing six runs to the Oakland offense. A Chad Pender single in the bottom of the fifth inning gave Oakland a 6-4 lead. 
headed into the eighth inning. In the eighth inning, Tim Anderson and Yasmani Grandal got on first and second with one out for the big bat of Jose Abreu. Joaquim Soria for the Athletics managed to get Abreu to ground into a inning-ending double play. This time in the ninth inning, when Liam Hendricks was brought into the game, he was lights out, giving up only one hit and striking out the other three batters to end the game and send Oakland to face Houston in the ALDS in Dodger Stadium. Over on the National League side, the number one seeded Dodgers had no problem taking care of the Milwaukee Brewers in the wild card series. In the sweep, the Brewers never held a lead in a game, and Clayton Kershaw had a terrific game in Game 2, pitching 8 innings and striking out 13 batters, leading the Dodgers to a 3 to nothing win and a sweep of the Brewers. The Dodgers will move on to face the winner of the Padres and the Cardinals in the NLDS. The Cardinals sent an early message offensively versus the Padres at Petco Park. The Cardinals scored four runs in the first inning, which happened to equal the amount of runs the Padres would score in the entire first game. The Cardinals took game one seven to four. In game two, after going down four to nothing again, the Padres finally remembered their identity as a ball club. They scored nine runs in the final three innings offensively. The Friars scored four in the sixth, three in the seventh, and two in the eighth to take an 11 to nine lead over the Cardinals. Fernando Tatis Jr. had two home runs, Will Myers had two home runs, and Manny Machado had a home run. An offensive onslaught for the Padres in a big comeback victory to force a Game 3. And in Game 3, the San Diego Padres offense was the only offense that showed up. Getting contributions from Eric Hosmer and Jake Cronenworth, the Padres shut out the Cardinals 4 to nothing and advance to the NLDS where they will take on the Dodgers. For the Marlins and the Cubs at Wrigley Field, the Marlins started off with a win in Game 1 thanks to home runs from Corey Dickerson and Jesus Aguilar. A five-run inning propelled the Marlins to a 5-1 win, and a Sandy Alcantara quality start proved to be the difference for the Marlins over the Cubs in Game 1. Game 2 was rained out on Thursday and made up on Friday. Sixto Sanchez pitched against NL Cy Young candidate Yu Darvish. While the game was not an offensive game by any means, Garrett Cooper, former Auburn Tiger, hit a solo home run to put the Marlins up 1-0, and eventually the Marlins held on for a 2-0 shutout of the Cubs and a 2-0 sweep of the Cubs as the Marlins advance to the NLDS, where they will get the winner of Atlanta and Cincinnati. In the last matchup on the docket, the Braves and the Reds started Game 1 with pretty much no offense at all. It went 13 innings and was tied 0-0 until Freddie Freeman gave it a walk-off single to end the game 1-0 for a Braves win. There were 37 total strikeouts in the game as Max Freed dueled against Trevor Bauer. Game 2 had a similar start as it started 0-0 after 4 innings as Ian Anderson dueled against Luis Castillo. 
Game 2, although it only went 9 innings, still featured 26 strikeouts between the two teams. But the Braves finally broke through against the Reds' bullpen, scoring 5 runs and blanking the Reds once again 5 to nothing. The Reds never scored a run in the series, and the Braves swept to move on to the NLDS where they will face their divisional rival, the Miami Marlins. All right, so you just heard what happened in the wild card series. It feels weird to say that. I feel like it should be saying division series, but the division series are coming up. So you just heard what happened in the wild card series, and now I'm going to do my best to tell you what's going to happen in these division series games, all four of which are divisional matchups. Kind of rare that this happens, um, but here we are. And I thought I did really well in my bracket last week, I did get 5 of 8, and it, it was probably the most unpredictable playoff setting that could possibly have happened in Major League Baseball. So 5 of 8 is something that I'm proud of. I do still have three championship series teams, so we are going to see how this unfolds in regards to that. The first pick that I missed was this Minnesota-Houston series that was laughable. I did not expect Minnesota to only score two runs in the whole series. But I think I should have known better than to pick a team that had lost 16 straight playoff games coming into the series, now make it 18. Um, and Houston gets a matchup against Oakland, who Mike Fires blew the whistle on the cheating scandal, and they've already been in a fight this year back in August. So get your popcorn ready for that one. Minnesota, though, I think it. It may be a scenario where they need to get some fresh blood in there. Even though they do offensively produce in the regular season every year, they need to get some fresh blood in there if they want to start winning playoff games because they haven't done it. They got two chances with this team that they have now and the, the formula that they've been using. And I think that Houston just, they aren't necessarily a good team like they have been in the past two years. They ran into a team that was cursed, a team that's proven that they can't win the playoffs, and that's why Houston finds themselves in the ALDS. We will see because they are running into a team that grinded out a tough series win against Chicago last week. And the next one I got wrong was Atlanta and Cincinnati. I really thought that Cincinnati did not have a good offense, but the pitching would propel them past the Braves, who I also thought had an overrated offense. The Braves played in one of the worst divisions in baseball this year and beat up on it offensively, but when they ran into pitching from another division that was highly respected, I felt like the Braves would cave, and they kind of did. They didn't score a run for 12 innings to start the series, They lucked out by the Reds failing to get opportunistic hits, and they won that game off their MVP, Freddie Freeman, RBI single in the 13th inning. Cincinnati, though, unbelievable that they couldn't score a run in that that series. I thought that 
the pitching was not necessarily lights out from the Braves. It was more impressive than I thought it would be. But Cincinnati applied pressure, it felt like, every other inning and couldn't get a run out of it. Now the Braves match up with the Marlins, who did have good pitching versus the Cubs, and we're going to see that divisional matchup again in the NLDS. I did pick Miami to go to the championship series simply because of path. The Cubs felt off, and the Reds and the Braves are both cursed, sure. One of them had to win a playoff series because they were playing each other, but neither one of them has made it past a divisional series in 15 or more years. So here we are in a divisional series. Miami has nothing to lose. They're wearing those bottom feeder t-shirts and they're coming in there riding a two to nothing sweep of the third best team in the national league. So I like Miami to win that one. I like them to play the Dodgers in the NLCS. And I think what made the wildcard series so hard was that none of these teams, with the exception of Tampa Bay and Toronto, had played each other in the regular season. We could not accurately compare the two teams face-to-face because we had not seen them face-to-face all year long. Now we get four matchups that are all divisional matchups. We've seen all these teams play each other before, so we have a relative idea of who is the better team. And it's clear in all four of them, the Rays, the A's, the Dodgers, and the Braves are the four better teams. The Rays are 8-2 against the Yankees, and they've outscored them by 13 runs. The A's are 7-3 versus the Astros. The Dodgers are 6-4, and and the Braves are 6-4 versus their rivals, the Padres and the Marlins, respectively. So, you look at these... And you think, well, I think the two most dominant teams of the four are the Rays and the A's simply because of record. But the Dodgers and the Braves have had the closer calls. It's more 50-50. Even though they've both outscored the opposition significantly, 12 runs and 24 runs respectively, it's a pretty split record for two teams that I would say are clear favorites. So, if we are going to see an upset, those are the two that I like, the Dodgers and the Braves. I've picked the Dodgers to beat the Padres. I picked it in my original bracket, and I'm sticking with it now. So, that's how I feel on the National League side. But when you look back at the American League side, you see Oakland, Houston, New York, and Tampa Bay. The two more dominant teams have been Tampa Bay and Oakland. Two teams that I thought probably a month ago were the two best teams in the American League. By far, the only other competition was the White Sox, who the Athletics have already eliminated. I think the Athletics had a harder job beating the White Sox in three games, especially considering their pitching really only has two competent starting pitchers with experience, while... Houston, on the other hand, really just has the one in Zach Greinke. So I like Oakland. Again, they were my world champion picks. They've got to win this one, obviously. And I like them to beat Houston in a revenge matchup from all the times that the Astros have bullied them in the past few years, uh, whether it be justifiably or through uh other undisclosed methods. 
The Rays and the Yankees, however, I like Tampa Bay to win. Now, I picked Cleveland to go to the championship series, and we can talk about that series against New York, but as far as the matchup right now, I did pick Tampa Bay to beat Toronto, so I guess I will I will pick Tampa Bay here. Petco Park is a pitcher-friendly park, and I do like the idea that the Yankees got 12 home runs this year that would not have been home runs at Petco Park. Those 12 runs all coming in the Bronx on the short porch in right field. So I like Tampa Bay as more of a pitching heavy team to win this matchup. When you look at the Yankees against Cleveland, sure, game one was a laugher, and there's no excuse for Cleveland to have lost that game as big as they did with Shane Bieber on the mound. But regardless, game one is what it is. You have to just put it behind you and focus on the next two. The Yankees really lucked out in that second game. You had the home run by Sanchez that really shouldn't have been a home run. The jet stream carried it probably about 75 feet in right field. And everyone was stunned. I mean, even even John Boy, who's a Yankees lover as as much as it comes, was stunned that that thing left the park. So that was two runs right there that the Yankees probably shouldn't have gotten had it been literally any other minute of the game. But the end of the game as well, also some luck fell in the hands of the Yankees when Brad Hand kind of tripped over himself on the mound, allowing the bases to load when it really should have been a double play that probably would have been the difference maker in the game. So a lot of different scenarios there. The Indians were really tough on the Yankees. The Yankees kept letting them come back, and I don't like that because the Rays are such a relentless team offensively. If you do that to the Rays, you will lose, and I think that is what is going to happen here. Tampa Bay is going to play Oakland in the ALCS, and the Dodgers are going to play the Marlins in the NLCS. That's all we have today. This has been the wild card round Ryan Express Express Line, Express Line 6. I am your host, Ryan Walker, signing off and enjoy the divisional series. Yeah.